What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pixels and Ink podcast. If you've been with us over the last couple of episodes, today's episode is the third in a series that we started, oh, maybe about a month and a half ago. If you recall, I mentioned Kevin Thomas from Firespring. Do you remember that? And I shared with you how he sent me this email two months back asking if he could hear from some printers and agencies who are successfully using opti-channel marketing as a service that they're selling to their clients. And I thought, you know what, that's a great question. Why don't we try to do this out in public? Meaning, why don't we do this live with a panel and a live audience and see if we can do this in a way that it benefits the entire community? Luckily, Kevin agreed to do that. And so today's session, today's podcast that you're about to hear is the third in the series where we go into how successful printers and agencies are marketing, selling, and building opti-channel campaigns. Today's session is focused specifically on what does it take to build these campaigns? In the first session, if you missed that one, go back and find that episode. You'll see that we talk about how does one start this journey? And then in the second, we looked at once you've started, how do you pick your markets? What's the sales process? And then today, like I said, we dig into the building process so you understand what that experience is like. Now on the show today are my good friends, Mike Robinson and Ben Shank from Summit Direct Mail and Jason James from Pixa. We also, of course, have Kevin Thomas from Firespring. You'll hear from Joe Manos here at Mindfire as well. And there are some really, really interesting observations that this panel raises today that I think are going to help you in your journey, whether you're just getting started, there's certainly some things that are going to encourage you in that journey. Or if you would consider yourself already well on your way, there are some new, somewhat counterintuitive ideas that the panel shares, which I doubt you've considered. They're kind of strange. They're a little bit different than what most people would say. But if you apply them, and I'm thinking of one in specific right now, I think it might unlock untapped growth and opportunity for you. So Let's jump into the session. Let's go hang out with Mike, Ben, Jason, Kevin, and Joe. Let's go. Welcome to the panel today. This is officially the third in a series on a topic that is of interest to many of you here in the community, how to market, sell, and build profitable opti-channel campaigns. I'm super excited to introduce the panel to you and my partner, in the discussion today, Kevin Thomas. In case we haven't met, I'm Dave Rosendahl. I'm the moderator for today's discussion. I'm the one with the sweet haircut that everyone keeps calling out. But more importantly, we are a software company 100% focused on commercial printers, agencies, implants, marketing services company, helping you service clients across both B2B and B2C verticals. And the way we do that is through what we call opti-channel marketing technology. And so. We're looking at the world through the eyes of the opti-channel philosophy, watching how companies grow brand, generate more leads, and grow sales using opti-channel. And so it's uh, through the eyes of service providers and the brands that you see here on the screen that we get to lead this opti-channel movement. And it's that uh, vantage point that we bring you today's conversation. And as I mentioned, I have some help today from Kevin Thomas. He's the inspiration behind this panel. So for the first timers, which I see there's quite a number of you, let me tell you what I mean by that. If you're in the session today, you're here because Kevin sent me this really strange email a little ways back that just said dude in the subject line. And so of course I had to open that and take a look and see what he was asking. And uh, here's the email. If you look at the screen, this is what led to today's conversation. He's saying, I'd like you to refer us to a print company, possibly a marketing agency we could speak to who's using Mindfire. I'd like to learn more about how they're staffing, what type of skill sets do they need, processes, how are they selling it, how are they upselling it from direct mail, et cetera, and et cetera. Was, and so, of course, I said, yeah, I'd be happy to connect you, but what would really fire me up is if we could do this in public so that the community benefits. And luckily for us, he agreed to be open and vulnerable and do it out in the public. And so that's how we arrived at the panel that we're at today and the preceding two sessions. So Kevin, we're appreciative of that. In case you don't know anything about Firespring, let me tell you briefly about who they are so that you can understand the context from within which Kevin will be helping me draw these answers out of the panel. So as I mentioned, Kevin is the chief operating officer there at Firespring. I've known of Firespring probably as long as I've been in the industry. Tanya Starr 
and Jay Wilkinson and many of the amazing people that they employ there. In fact, uh, I think it was about 18 months ago, I had an opportunity to visit their location. And if I've ever been around you, Mike and Ben know this, I'm usually taking pictures on my phone. I, I believe heavily in documenting the journey and making that available for others. So I took a couple of pictures, which you're gonna see here on the screen. And I learned quite a bit about their organization. They started life in 1992 as an alpha graphics location. Um, but now they've really come quite a ways, over 150 employees there that are working together to help all sorts of businesses, small businesses um, that are looking to grow with direct mail and marketing automation. Um, they help organizations build out their corporate culture, build out their corporate brand. They work with nonprofits, uh, helping them engage their donors and communicate their mission. And so Kevin, I wanna say thank you to you for allowing us to do this in public with the community. Welcome to the panel and take a moment to say hello to everybody. And then I'm going to introduce Mike, Ben and Jason. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm excited. It's hard to believe we've it's the third of three of these sessions, but I'm excited to learn more. And I uh, really appreciate panelists for taking the time to educate my dumb self. Thank you for being here and thank you for doing it in public. This is a benefit to everybody on the panel today. Let me introduce Mike Robinson. Who knows Mike here? If Mike, maybe in one of our other panels or maybe you've had the glorious opportunity to meet Mike in person. Give Mike some love there in the chat. Mike, as you can see here, is the director of new business, oh, I'm sorry, the director of technology and business development at Summit Direct Mail. I've known Mike for probably about 15 years. And along with John Barber and Ben Shank, who you're gonna meet here in a moment, and 200 other committed team members there at Summit, I've had the opportunity to watch as they've grown uh, from their founding in 2003 to over 50 million in revenue through organic growth as well as multiple acquisitions. They've got an amazing array of technology. I believe at least two HP Indigo 7600 presses. I think you're up to three screen ZZVDP presses now, screen HD press, Kanaka Minolta KM1. Uh, a lot of firepower there at your organization, Mike. And also in the heat of the pandemic, I may have mentioned this in one of the previous sessions, it was really exciting to be able to watch Mike and John and Ben and their organization achieve another significant milestone, which was uh, doing an asset purchase of the Hart Hanks direct mail division. And Mike, I'm lucky to consider you a friend. I'm glad you're here with us today. How are you doing, my man? I'm good. It's always a pleasure to, to see you, Dave, and spend time with you and, and do these panels. It's, it's always enjoyable. We, even as a panelist, we end up learning something. So uh, it's, it's great to be here. Isn't that the truth, man? That is so true. Thank you for being here, Mike. And so folks, as I mentioned, Mike was here previously with us in session one. In session two, you had an opportunity to meet this guy here, Ben Shank, if you remember. Now, Ben and Mike work closely together. So today we're lucky in that they're both with us today. I think you're gonna hear some unique perspectives from these two gentlemen. These two men, I must warn you, are like brothers in all senses of the word. And so I hope that they're going to stay calm and friendly during the session. But if not, you're in for a, you're in for a treat. Ben is national sales at Summit Direct Mail. I've watched as Ben has just been hyper-focused on helping their clients create leads, improve customer acquisition, cross-sell, upsell into existing client portfolios, all while relying heavily on direct mail and opti-channel digital marketing. And Ben, if I recall correctly, you started in this world uh, of direct mail on the print logistics side in 1995. I think you teamed up with John Barber and the group there uh, right. around 1998. And since then, as I've mentioned, folks, I've just been able to watch Ben's career just skyrocket. He works with numerous industries, financial services, nonprofit, and many more. So Ben, I'm honored that you're here with us. I'm glad that you're here to share your insights with us. You ready, my man? Oh, I'm absolutely ready. And more than anything, Dave, I think I've learned through this process is I've learned that I can learn online. And, and I love to tell the story. Dave and I were sitting around talking. I used to give Dave a hard time because I thought, Dave, why are you wasting all this time on the internet? You're doing these webinars, you're doing these series. And I myself have learned that Dave is doing a lot of valuable things and the information sharing and exchange. And when I meet people at a trade show and they say, I know Dave. And I say, yeah, everybody knows Dave now. So I love the forum that he's created here. And it gives us a great opportunity to exchange and share, ask questions and collaborate. And I enjoyed the last session and excited to be here today. So. Awesome, Ben. And uh, Mike, I see is dropping the contact information for everybody there in the chat. So uh, you'll have Ben's contact info, Mike, and then also Jason, who I'm pleased to be able to introduce to you for the first time in this session. Uh, this is Jason James, if you look at the screen. Jason is the general manager at Pixa Creative, somewhere around 20 years of experience in the industry. 
And along with Ted Raymond, who I know some of you, and Shanna Vollmer, who was actually on the last panel, Jason and the team have built a really amazing company that works hard to combine the best of direct mail with digital. And similar to Ben, he works uh, in a variety of industries like financial services, healthcare, nonprofits, which I know Kevin's also working in. And he has a strong emphasis in all of that work around blending direct mail and digital to drive results for those companies. And when we were uh, preparing for this, he mentioned to me that Pixa has seen you know, some really strong revenue growth by offering opti-channel campaigns. And so I think Jason's insights are going to blend nicely and contrast nicely with those of Mike and Ben. So Jason, thank you for agreeing to be uh, here with us today and for sharing your best with us. How are you today? I'm great, super excited to be here. And this sounds like a great panel. It's been awesome. The, the, the communication this morning has been great and I can't wait to interact and I'm super excited about being here. So thank you. Wonderful, my man, thank you. Now, folks, before I open up for the first question here, which I'm actually gonna throw at Kevin. So Kevin, get ready. I want you to remember that this is actually the third, as I mentioned, in a series of discussions we've had. We started this whole journey by peeling apart and going deep into how do you get started as a service provider in this opti-channel journey. In other words, if you wanna market and sell and build these types of campaigns for your clients, what does it take to get started? That's what we did in session one. In session two, we looked at how do you market and sell these types of campaigns to your clients? And now today, we're looking at once you've started, once you've figured out how to market and sell, now how do you actually build those campaigns in a way that gives you a deep relationship with your clients. So I'm going to go ahead and open it up for the first question here. And uh, Kevin, I'm gonna turn this over to you, first of all. And the first question I have for you is, as we think back to the last two sessions, I know that in session one, one of the things that stood out to you was finding a champion inside your organization to carry out this initiative. So I'm curious if you can just update the audience on where you are with that and how you're doing there. Yeah, so at this point, I've just, I have the job description pretty much ready to go. We have not yet posted for the position, but it is um, something we're budgeting for Q1 of 2022 to bring on a champion, or I'm really hoping having a lot of internal discussions right now that there's someone already right here that's passionate about this, that wants to become our champion and, and will begin to transition their roles. I mean, I think the key takeaway on that was five, six years ago, we had a champion, but that individual, it was probably their sixth or seventh role in addition to many other things that they were doing. So their day-to-day -day focus was not there. And that was a really good takeaway that I gleaned from this group is that you really need a person to just pour themselves into it. So we're committed to doing so. And in the last session, we talked about the marketing and the sales process. Have you done anything on the marketing or sales side to get the organization ready to start to identify maybe the verticals that you want to go after? Anything like that? Yeah, I think the fortunately, the verticals that we're passionate about seem to align pretty well with the information I was getting from the group. We, we do have a pretty widespread of different types of clients, ranging from a lot of other printing companies that we partner to a lot of nonprofits, B2B and B2C companies, but higher ed nonprofits, some in the financial institution or areas that I think we're gonna take the first jump into those verticals. Excellent, good. I think the, the panel will definitely have some input for you on that. So before I turn you loose on your first question of the panel, Kevin, I wanna ask you, uh, since today's session is all focused on the, the process around building opti-channel campaigns for your client, I'm curious in the situations where you've already done this, and I know you're trying to ramp it up and do even more, but can you describe how you do that right now? What kinds of people you have on hand? And maybe even what are some of the areas of uh, difficulty or challenge that you have in building those types of campaigns for clients? Yeah, so again, I think the easy answer, I gave a similar one last session was we're, we're not doing it very well right now. So as a result, we have started to partner with MindFire and really use their team of experts to get us off the ground with until we have a team of credible people in the building. Again, piecemealing it together was the way we were doing it. We've acquired some agencies in addition to having our longstanding commercial printing division. 
And so it was a very disparate effort coming at it from different angles. And so the right hand wasn't always talking to the left hand as we were. And as a result, the, res the value and the results for our clients were, if they were hitting, we didn't have a centralized place to really report the results, et cetera. So this is why um, we're really trying to get better about this and bring it all together into a holistic solution, as opposed to having to bring in God and country to a room to try and put together a campaign for, for our clients. I see Mark in the chat there asking you if uh, you currently use MindFire. And yes, I, I can't remember, Kevin, how long we've been partnered, maybe two to three years at least. Is that I think so, yeah. right? It, it may be even close to five. Again, we were slow out the gate, really even going back 10 years ago, we, we recognized the need, but we've just, for one reason or another, continued to trip over ourselves as we're uh, trying to go really get better in this space. So you heard it from Kevin, folks. If you're in the audience and maybe you feel the same, but you've tripped over yourselves or your organization just hasn't gotten aligned, that's why we're investing in this series to try to bring you the best of what you can learn from your peers in order to uh, make this journey a bit easier and get to where you want to be faster. Kevin, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and fire your first question. I think you're going to start with Mike. So go ahead, Kevin, take it yeah. away. Yeah. So in your experience, what type of pe what people do I need to build campaigns and more specifically, if you could describe the skill sets that they should possess. Good question. So one of the comments you made earlier, as far as you looking at utilizing MindFire and yourself. So we actually do a combination. So first thing I'll tell you is, is if you don't have the resources, MindFire, and this is a shameless plug for you, Dave, MindFire is a great resource. Their professional services team is is great. They do. They still work for us. They do a great job. But I think it's always going to be a collaboration, and, and I'll explain why. But if you're going to bring it in-house, you need a couple of things. You, you definitely need a developer that understands the platform and how to build to the platform. But besides that and the champion, so to speak, that you have, and that could, this person could be one of the same, and it, 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 it is the same with myself and now with Ben understanding a lot more of what we do, Ben and I are both the, the let's say, co-champions, but understanding not necessarily the architecture, but what you can do. Building pages, anybody can build pages. It's what are you trying to build, the direction you're trying to build. Like I said, you can get a developer to say, hey, build this. Here's what I want. Make it look like this. It's more of the, the workflow and the out-of-the-box thinking, someone that can help architect it. And like I said, We've been fortunate, Ben and I have been real fortunate to be able to pull things out ourselves, but a lot of the value is a collaboration with MindFire because it's like everybody else. We have, when we sell to our customers, we've got you know, 150, 200 clients and that's where we learn. Same thing going back to MindFire is they've got a lot more clients than we do that do the same thing. Again, someone who can develop, someone who is the champion slash can architect and piece and then also in conjunction work with MindFire to see what other people are doing. They're not going to say, hey, look, XYZ company is doing this. You need to do this. But they'll say, hey, look, these are some of the best practices. These are some of the things that we're seeing. And you can start building with your team, utilizing some of MindFire's experience. And, and I can tell you, I, I guarantee the professional service team is using some of the experiences that Ben and I have had and, and succeeded and failed in as well that would pass along to, to everybody else. Ben, what about you? What do you think from your vantage point are the skill sets that are required? And one of the questions that I think everybody would love to know is, for example, can you code? Do you build these campaigns or is this something that's- Absolutely not. Zero <laughs> okay, ability. We, it's been interesting to watch too. Mike actually has, has always had his own unique way of, of helping us find resources. We have had the luxury at our size of having enterprise clients who've learned to do these things along with us. They use we actually introduce the platforms to them. They use our platforms, we resell the platform. That's no secret. And they actually train their own team members to actually execute some of the initiatives we create. That's one extreme when you're working with a very large company who's got some development resources on their team. But to speak specifically to the people, Mike has always found these resources where it might be someone who understands some coding and can build HTML web pages. And all of a sudden they're helping execute. Then we have our data process. He's actually taking aspects of the campaign, maybe tied to the email and the databases and doing uploading and things of that nature, managing the contacts in it. And really it's a combination of those things where you've got smaller clients where we're working with maybe some freelancers in some cases, maybe we've got our, then we go to our own graphic designer internally and say, you've got to do this. Or we go to a data processor and say, you've got to do this. So it's a collaboration of those resources in some degree. 
then we rely on an external partner like Mindfire for some cases, or then in other cases, we have our clients, they've got a development team. So it's always a collaboration between those resources. And Jason, from your perspective, you, your organization, I know merged recently and you've acquired additional resources. So I'm, I'm curious how you would describe the skill sets of the people that you think are required in order to do this effectively. Thanks, Dave. I look at it from a standpoint of having that champion. And I love the fact that we're focusing on that. Someone who really feels comfortable in the environment that can sell, speak, and understand the, the strategy and what the objective is for the client. I think that's a huge piece. One of the things that I really feel is a, a big part of the success of the campaign is being able to tell the story through the creative. And we talk about developers, but being able to create and tell the story and being personalized. I think that's a huge part of this. And the one thing I'll wrap it up real quick with is that if you don't have those people on staff, MindFire is a great resource for best practices to show you the path. McKinsey and Joe have been awesome for me over the last couple of years, but I would look at it from, if you don't have that staffing to support it, contract, outsource, and then build the business to support that moving forward. Before we move to your next question, Kevin, do you have any follow-up on any of those responses from Mike, Ben, or Jason? No, I, I think it's helpful. I, again, I think out the gate, we made the mistake of assuming we had to do it all in-house and weren't taking advantage of the resources right there at MindFire. And some of it is that we were, again, we were more print-minded, if you will, and thinking, so we weren't coming in strategically talking about a campaign. So as a result, price was always at the forefront of the conversation instead of the value and which I think gave us, we hesitated sometimes on using MindFire just because again, we would then look at that and think we're gonna have to mark this up and how are we gonna price these things, et cetera. Uh, once we got over that hurdle, started talking to the right people using MindFire, at least as we're figuring this out was, is clearly the way what we should have been doing out the gate. Kevin, I know you have a question to dig a little further into kind of the differences between the print mindset and the opti-channel mindset. But before you do that, I just want to go back to you real quick, Ben, and just make sure that I understood your point and that the audience hears that as well. And so what I heard you say, Ben, and I know this to be true, of course, is that in some situations, your client, the client that you're providing your marketing services to, direct mail, opti-channel services to, is actually logged into the software or gets equipped to use the software in addition to your team, in addition to the MindFire team that's helping support that client. Did I hear you correctly? A absolutely. And I think that's what we learned with enterprise clients. The bigger clients, they're, they're, they have a lot more needs. And really, that's really what you want is you want them to have a lot of control over their programs. And, and if they don't have the resources to support it, obviously, then you find new solutions from your own team can be trained also. And that's kind of, kind of, as soon as I answered my question, I realized I kind of missed that part of it. There's always new training you can get to learn how to execute on your own. But again, that comes down to the champion of the resource. It's the same thing, but yes, it works always. And then we've even taken, in some of the cases, I know we've had many freelancers that are very loyal to Summit that we've had say, can you learn this, how to do this for us using this platform? We, they absolutely they're good at technology and they're executing for us, whether they knew some HTML already or they already knew some data processing and they tied the two together. And next thing is working on the platform that everybody's happy. So. Hey, Dave. Kevin, just key, out of curiosity. The, oh, yeah, Mike, go ahead. I was going to say the key is the collaboration. While we do have those people that, 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 in the enterprise companies doing it, like, like Ben said earlier, the key is the collaboration because they know what they know and they're in their lane. And the good thing about us and you guys at MindFire is you guys were in different, we're all in different lanes and we could bring value to our customer versus them just designing and building it themselves. And we're doing it now. Hey guys, we see you're doing this. You might want to go down this path or, Hey, can we help you do this? And we've actually partnered and shared with some of your other clients as well, as far as, Hey, we're doing these things, these kinds of things, they'll help you. We're for lack of a better word, we're friendly competitors to a lot of people. We're more than happy to help people out all the time. That is very true. Uh, Kevin, sorry, I'm going to come back to you. One more uh, quick question just on Ben and Mike's point there. Had you ever considered or have you ever considered the opportunity of having your customer collaborating inside of the software with you? Is that a new idea or had you considered that before? Oh, yes. Yes, we, are, we definitely are again, but we need to get better at it ourselves before just to, to be able to speak the correct language and, and bring them on. But that's the intent uh, is to get to a point where we're working with people and were ingrained uh, with their technical people 
their marketing people to where utilizing most likely white labeling the, the Mindfire technology and going at that direction. Got it. Perfect. All right, Kevin, well, I'll let you go with your next question here. Very good. How different is the process to fulfill an optic channel marketing campaign versus a direct mail campaign? In other words, who else needs to be involved in the sales and fulfillment process? Ben, you want to kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, as a salesperson, this is where I get really excited. I am being absolutely sincere about this, is that for the first time, you're no, you've taken yourself out of that position where you're just selling print and mail. That's the last thing you want to be doing the way I see it. So as you're um, now that you have to fulfill the process, now you're going to be working with a digital team. And now you have to figure out who are those leads going to go to? And you've got to talk to that person on the sales team. So now you're talking to sales. Now you just went right past the guy who is uh, in charge of buying print and mail. And you say, oh, I need to talk to the guy who's in charge of generating the leads for the team. Well, the next thing you know, the person in charge of generating, generating the revenue for the company wants to talk to you because they want to understand how this is going to tie into everything they're doing. It gives you a large tie-in that by fulfilling using OptiChannel, it gives you that opportunity to tie all that together. And now you're a person who's got a, a much bigger relationship and you're a much bigger part of their entity. Mike, from your perspective, coming from print and mail and now moving into the uh, mail plus digital, what's different about the sales and the fulfillment process that you Mike? All right. Sorry, take, it off, take it off mute. That'd be helpful, wouldn't it? There you go. I, 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 ben is correct. And the biggest challenge we have and the things that we are starting to overcome is, yeah, you are talking to different groups. I think I mentioned this in the last session is the challenge. And we have some customers that embrace it and some that don't. OptiChannel is you have more people involved, right? You've got on your side, some experts on your side, but then on the other side. So the challenge is you got to figure out how to work with that team or that that customer and their teams because there's internal fighting in that within that organization. While that's the biggest challenge that we've seen is how to engage that customer and then engage the teams within those customers to work together. I can tell you, Ben and I go back and forth with our clients saying, how are we attributing this lead? So it, doing OptiChannel and selling it, direct mail is for us is simple. Adding the digital component is, it's, I don't want to say it's easy. It's a little more of a challenge, but once you get in and you can get the buy-in from the teams and let them know that they need to collaborate and, and it doesn't matter if it's a digital lead or it's a direct mail lead, it's, that's where you win. So that's where the challenge is working with those teams. Hopefully in, hopefully they're in the same group, but a lot of times they're in two different divisions of the company. But if you can get that done, then you've got a well-rounded well product and you've got good leads and you've got the ability to truly make the OptiChannel work. Jason, what's your perspective? Those are all great. Those are all spot on. I, I, I look at it from you're creating opportunities to network and work with different individuals with your client. One of the ones that I think is a key uh, piece is the data. You got to have strong data. So understanding your client's data, working with the chief data officer and driving that down to understanding how you can segment that and be personalized. That's essential for any uh, success of any panel campaign. And then if you don't have that data, how do you create those leads for your client? You got to have a great data source. So working with those individuals, you're not going to make the sales team happy if you're not creating good leads. Everybody's got to be on board with, with the direction of the campaign. But the data and the sales team all have to be on board with what's being provided and the messaging within that. But uh, it's a great opportunity as you start to talk about the multiple channels, uh, it creates multiple opportunities within the organization. I'm going to turn this next question first to you, Ben. And, and I'm curious because you mentioned how these campaigns give you an opportunity to become that critical resource for your clients. It means there's more people involved. It also could mean, I think, that there's more complexity involved. And so I'm wondering, let's say you get a client to commit uh, to doing this kind of work with you, whether that's a short term, a proof of concept campaign or something longer term. How do you go about planning all of these different moving parts and, and all of the different channels and all the different touch points? How do you do that? So I'm a person that thinks in phases. I don't think I've ever approached any new opportunity in this area from a planning perspective, thinking we're not going to get it all done on the first test. We're not going to figure it out. We're not going to have the answers. But what we can do is have 
phase one, which is usually a very simple phase. And, and Mike and I just had the sales call earlier this week, actually with the prospect. And we said, you know what? This is all we could stomach in our test. This is phase A. But then we go ahead, went on to say, and by the time we get to phase C, C here's all the things we could be doing. But mm. we'll keep all those in mind as we present a test opportunity. So I'm always phase A, B, and C. I don't ever try and tackle everything at once. Clients can handle very little. This is also new to them. When we're into OptiChannel, it's one small step at a time. That's why they're talking to us. They haven't done anything. They need our help. So Now, Mike, I know that you're heavily involved in all of the details for uh, most of the campaigns that you're running there at Summit. How do you go about project managing that? And do you have the same approach as Ben? No, he's exactly right. He, we do that. We take steps. Let's start with, let's do the mail. Let's do an ADB test. You know, Jason's right. All of this None of this can happen without the data. So a core piece is you know, making sure they get the data right and they have the right testing with the data. And then once they do the data, then it's, okay, let's do a direct mail piece with a personalized URL. Okay, great. It's working. It's not working. Let's tweak it. Let's move to email or let's move to SMS or ringless or depending on who the customer is and if they have their TCPA in those pieces. But Ben's exactly right, step by step, because the last thing you want is to throw everything at it at one time and you get all these responses. And they're going to look at it and go, okay, what does that mean? You have no idea. Jason, I've known you and Ted Raymond and Shanna Vollmer there for many years, and I know you're all very detail-oriented and you bring an agency perspective to everything that we're talking about today. So I'm curious how you and your team go about planning these, maybe in contrast to what we, we just heard from Mike and, and from Ben. Anything they're they're right about the phases of I absolutely you don't want to overwhelm your client. And I look at it from a standpoint of start from what the, the objective is. What are we trying to accomplish? What problem are we trying to solve? And then you build into that from there. So you start there and work your way back up. And I would look at it from a standpoint of what's our messaging, how we're going to target, what's our demographic, and what's the what are they going to respond to in this integrated platform? What are they going to respond to? And you start to tailor your messaging and your communication through that. I think that's key. You got to hit that stuff and you don't want to be trying to target an audience that's not going to respond to certain aspects of the campaign, but you build that around that and you, and you back your way into it. But start with the solution or the problem and work your way back. That's awesome. Thank you for that insight. I'm thinking with the end of mine and coming back to where we want to be or where we are right now. So Kevin, I'm going to go back to you for the next question, but before we turn the corner, Anything from the last, maybe Jason, Mike, or Ben, any of those replies that you want to dig into further? Certainly, if time allows, I'd like to go in deeper on just better understanding what does that testing phase look like? What is it truly? Are you doing A-B testing? Is it a scenario where it's just a small segment of the data list that you're working with? You just to, So there's a little more clarity as to what testing looks like for y'all. I don't know that needs to hide. I might be the only one with that question, so. No, let's do it. Let's do it. If it's on your mind, it's on everyone else's mind too. Let's start with you, Mike. It, it's, I hate to say it depends. It's like everything else, it depends. It depends on the customer. And, and, and Jason was right. It depends on the customer and what their end goals are. So it could be an A-B test. It could be a email versus SMS test. So it's, we have to take it customer by customer. And like I said, Jason is exactly right. We need to figure out what their goals are. Once you figure out the goals, then it's just a case-by-case -case basis. Okay, you guys are trying to get to this. Okay, based on trying to get to this, I think we need to test a direct mail piece with an email that has a pearl or not a pearl or a straight-up direct mail test with or without personalized URLs or QR code. So as much as it's, it, the question, it, it depends. I hate saying it depends, but it really depends on the client. It's, hey, I want to print 10,000 pieces. How much does it cost? And you're like, it depends, right? You have to dig down into those yep. questions, and, and I think that's what you need to do. And that's where it comes back to having those experts, whether it be Mindfire, whether it be myself or someone like Ben, who actually use products like this, no workflows, no testing, see best practices of what our other 100 customers have done and used. Okay, go ahead, Ben, yeah. I, I was just going to add to it and say, and I break it down pretty much what he said, but I'll just simplify it. It's really... Oftentimes we're testing a concept. Does this concept of adopting channel marketing work for this client? Whatever the concept is we brought to the table or B, mm -hmm. do we need to do that AB test in what we're doing? It doesn't always apply to what we're doing. Sometimes the concept is so new, there is no AB. This is all unfamiliar territory. So I break it down into a lot of AB testing or concept testing. Jason, what about you with respect to Kevin's question? You know, if you go a little bit deeper on 
How do you plan the test? What does the test look like? What are the pieces of the test? Some of the pieces of the test could just be seeing what the response rates or the engagement rate is on if it's an email or SMS. You test those and you, you have to adapt the campaign as you go uh, based on those results. So I think if you set that the tone with that up front, that there's going to be some A-B testing in the initial to spark the performance of the campaign later on, I think you have to have those conversations and you tee it up with these things are going to drive the metrics that we want at the end. So we may have to make some adjustments, but you got to test it first to see what sticks. Let me ask the panel a question before I let you go to your next one, uh, Kevin. I just saw this uh, coming from Joe Manos in the chat. When you do one of these uh, for a client and you're in what you're calling here internally the testing phase, what what handle do you use to describe that? Do you call it a test? Do you call it a pilot? Do you call it a POC? Let me go from right to left. Mike, go ahead and unmute. What do you normally call it? Any or just depends what the client wants to call it. Again, we do a little, we do some things a little different. We, Ben and I talked the other day, we were given a client in a test. I think we said, look, we will, you, you pay for the build of the landing pages and the workflow and, and we'll pick up 10, 15,000 of the pearls, 20,000 of the pearls to test. So we call it a test POC. You got to give them value and show value. And you've got to put your money where your mouth is. If you truly believe that this is going to work and this test or POC is going to work, we don't mind we don't mind not charging or giving something at a reduced cost to, to show that it works. Okay. And what about you, Ben? Any advice? What word works? Oh, I'm going to go back to 20 years when I first met the owner of Summit Direct Mail, and he trained me to sell direct mail. And at the time, mail tracking was called Planet Codes. This is before they had just traditional IMB tracking that we all have reports and dashboards today. And he would use the word beta test because we were beta huh. testing. We literally beta tested for the post office Planet Codes. And if you guys knew how much we mileage we got out of beta testing planet codes for the post office and selling direct mail, that was my original introduction because Mike and I are protégés of John in, in some way. He taught us to believe in that beta test model. And if your customers are not testing, then forget it. It's going to be problem. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. Folks, Ben and Mike are very successful at doing this. So I would highly listen to what they have to say. Jason, real quick, what phrase do you use? You call it a test? I call it A-B test, but I like pilot. Okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> All right, Kevin, take it away. All right. And we've talked about integrating with the client or the client using uh, similar software, but taking that a step further, my gut tells me that if we can figure out a way to integrate with our client's technology stack, likely their CRM system, we become more entrenched in their business. That's great for us, but it also allows us to push leads and other opti-channel activity to them in a more seamless fashion. Is this true? And if so, how do you do it? Ben, let's start with you. As, as far as, yes, it absolutely helps to push this data into systems. We, we are finding there's huge value from that. And uh, I was just thinking of an example in my head is that um, clients are so hungry for that data. And even little old Summit, we're marketing, we've got our website built, we're sending data in through pipe drive, and we've got data coming from a couple of different sources now, pushing it in there. That's our CRM system. Every client I have has to have this data pushed somewhere. It's pretty much a requirement. And at the end of the day, it may, be, may just be going into, I used to be, we had this conversation yesterday with a pretty big prospect. And we said to them, guys, we have a bunch of fancy reports, but what we've seen happen over the years, this is a fascinating part of it is pretty much everybody's more hungry for our data than they are for our reports. They're more interested in getting some sort of post or feed that's going to educate them or tie them to their existing systems. And they said, that's more valuable. And they, couldn't believe that I understood that about them, that I said, you're not going to, these reports, I can't make them pretty enough for you to love them. There's nothing, I've been doing this for years now. And they said, you're so right, because we've disappointed mm. so many sales because they think the reports are going to wow us. And we say, no, we need the data. You got to get it to us. You got to push it. You've got to connect it to our internal systems through our marketing automation platforms. It's got to be pushing post. They have to go out. Mike, what's your view? All right, Mike, there no, you go. I got it. I got it. I would agree. I would agree. 15 years ago or however long it's been when we first used, started using your platform, that's all people wanted was the reporting and tracking and they could log into your system and see it. And the transformation of going to us looking at them, looking at your platform or, or, or the metrics has gone from that to pushing it to Salesforce, LMA, Velocify, things of that nature, because there are other things that they're needing to see. We push all that data into there. And if you can do that for that customer and push in your stuff that you're doing for them, it is inc 
incredibly valuable because they're going to take your data, match it up to the call center data, match it up to if they're not if if they're doing their own email, and they've created their own dashboard. But by you pushing that data in, that is the key. And it's sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's difficult. I would say on our side. I would say 90% of the time that we have to push data in, we actually have to partner with the MindFire team because it's some sort of custom push to their system. So absolutely, it's huge value to the client and it definitely adds value. The customer thinks it's extremely valuable to have and you give that to them. Jason? Yeah, I agree with no. all that there. That's okay. It's the ability to see the data on both sides but it's very important that the, the client has the ability to see the results and then use that within their own systems. And, and it's Salesforce, it's integrated. They need that information and they can act on it. So it's great. The follow-up on that is, is this a, you have to have their dealing with their API? Is that where MindFire comes in to, to create those calls or what? Because I just, in today's security world, when I hear that, I just, some of the clients we work with, that's been the challenge is working with their technology teams because of the security aspect of, of what's going on. I think, I actually think Dave is locked up. So <laughs> I was hoping that was him and not me. No, it's, no, it's Dave. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll jump in. It's typically the APIs. It is typically the APIs that we push in. Sometimes it's some custom pieces as well as we're actually SOC 2 compliant. And so if your customers are having security issues or have security questions, for us, nine times out of 10, we already got that done up front with Dave and his team with all of their policies and procedures. And once we have our policies and procedures and Dave's back-end policies and procedures, it's typically not a problem. But yes, it's typically a feed into their own homegrown system, whether or Salesforce, we do a lot of mortgage. So a lot of Velocify, Ellie Mae, and, and then they take it from there. And that's where the value is. Sometimes we'll create some custom dashboards, but yeah, it's definitely pushing through the MindFire feeds. So I'm going to jump in real quick and just say Mike and Kevin asked great question. And the platform today is integrating with virtually every application you can imagine through APIs, Kevin, and, and other assorted apps like Zapier and other tools that our customers are using in their ecosystem. I'll call it the data ecosystem. My coaching tip to everybody on the call is never say no. Just reach out to one of us, Jason or Joe, on the MindFire team, and we'll coach you on what we can do. And we're happy to jump on a call with you because those little connections lead to lots of revenue for you and your customer. Does that answer your question, Kevin? Does that make it sense? It does. It does. Yeah. I, yeah. I, th I think that's what I was assuming. It just, just want to make sure that me not being a, a real technology guru that I was uh, interpreting that correctly. Sure. Kevin, I want to no. add one last, one last point there. I, I talked about how simple it is and this doesn't seem like a big deal, but just the concept of taking like forms we have on a simple website, like our own at Summit, and we send them to our CRM system, something that is Opti-channel in, in, in its own way. And I, I want to just make sure I cover the small. I, I tend to get into the enterprise a lot. So even something like that is super powerful to your clients. And those are things that we all have to be mindful of connecting for our customers because they're not thinking like that. They're just, they've got it all in pieces. They need us to type it. I got a question for you that I, I hear from the community a lot, folks, especially going back to that question of testing. What, what happens when you have a client that engages and then that first, let's call it test, just to use your words, when that first test, that first drip, that first wave doesn't deliver the expected results, how do you turn that around and take folks to that next step when that first uh, taste doesn't deliver what they were expecting? I'll start with you, Jason. How do you handle I, the, the way I've coached and, and handled those situations with, with my team is we set the expectations up front that... This is a nurturing process. One hit is a direct mail piece and that's what you want to do. That's what you go through. But if you want an opti-channel platform that you want to nurture and help support the buying uh, decision or the decision-making process, and it's going to take multiple touches. And that's the beauty of the campaign. That's what drives the results. It's not just a one hit wonder. This is something that you set the expectation and over the cadence of touches, this will drive the result. Ben, has this ever happened to you? What I love, yeah, people certainly, they, they try something, they do want to fold. But what, what I absolutely love about digital and testing is that I can change it on the fly because we can quickly react. We can look at something and say, maybe our responses on our landing pages aren't going the right way. Maybe the ringlist doesn't have the right message. 
what is the channel? Maybe we're not using it. I can't do that with the direct mail piece. I print it and I mailed it, it's gone, but I can take the channel of response or the opti channel part, or maybe our digital ads aren't, aren't uh, making that marriage correct. We can change it on the fly. And so that's how I deal with it. I, that's what I love about it. And that's what you can say to your customers. That's how you can tend that to your customers that, hey, we'll work with it on the fly. We may do some on the fly adjustments of our email campaigns, whatever it is we're gonna do, we can do it on the fly. Don't give up. Let's keep refining as we go along. Mike, in your experience, and I know that you've mentioned at least in, in session one and a little bit today that you believe strongly running a test for your clients, direct mail plus pearls as an example. What do you do in that situation where that first test doesn't work, quote unquote? So you have to talk to them before the test and you just got to be blunt. And, and I've said this to a couple of clients. I, I basically said, look, you have to test, you need to test. If you don't want to test and if it's a one and done, don't waste my time and don't waste your time and money. So you've got to tell them up front, guys, this is a, this is as Jason said, a nurturing process. You got to look at what we're trying to get to. And I, it sounds offensive. Hey, don't waste my time. But honestly, I don't want to waste your time or my time or your money if you're going to go in there and test it one time, up oh, didn't work, I'm done. So they need to know up front. And I tell them up front, guys, if it doesn't work up front, we're going to tweak it. We need to do it at least two to three times. And that's what you need to plan for and budget for. So while it doesn't work, maybe the first time, Banner's right, let's tweak this or let's tweak, let's find other avenues, but they need to know up front, you, it's got to be a multi, a, a multi or a multi uh, use or mail campaign or digital campaign. Yeah, so you set the expectation up front that, hey, this Absolutely. is the first, we're going to do likely a second, a third. This is an ongoing this is an ongoing process. Is that what I hear you saying? That's correct. And if you don't want to do that, you're wasting time and money. And it's a waste of your time and money because nothing is ever right the first time. Or most times it's not. Jason, <laughs> what's your approach to this? I'm a firm believer of setting that expectation up front and having that conversation. So I agree. And, and the beauty of the platform in the digital marketing is you can adjust where you see needs, you can adjust in the creative, you can adjust in the functionality, um, simply moving a form um, submission on a landing page is huge. If it's maybe it's too low or it doesn't, it's not viewable in certain devices, you can make all those adjustments on the fly. And those are gonna definitely, I think, support the campaign. And as you see those changes starting to make a difference, the client's starting to recognize that this is something that, that they can buy into and understand. That's great feedback. At the onset or after a campaign, what, what are the typical KPIs that you're wanting to show your clients, not only to prove the value, but really to hold yourself as a team accountable to deliver the results that you're promising? You know, I'll go first there. And, and I always want to know this, what, what is the problem I'm trying to solve? And I work my campaigns back into that. And that's the key indicator what the client wants. If it's, it's engagement level, is that what we're going to review? Is it... Uh, Bottom line is it just leads generated. Those are the things that are important to my clients. So I, that's the things I want to report to them. Maybe it's a weekly or bi-monthly, bi-weekly if that's what they need. The beauty of MindFire is you can tailor that reporting for your client to trigger those key indicators and provide that reporting for them at, at any time. So to me, it's really understanding what their engagement level is, what they want from the campaign, and then tailor, tailor the reporting to show those metrics. And what about you? So in almost every case you're for new KPIs, anytime I'm doing any sort of opti-channel, I don't care if it's informed delivery, whatever it is that, that you have to teach your client what data is available to them and how to understand it. They are more, they're not going to understand what you're selling them as much as you do. So it's your job to basically teach them to look at their, the data you have avail, available to them in a new way. If you knew how many times I'd taken and built my own spreadsheets, with information I had dissected from there. And then I say, did you know you could do this with that data in this channel? And I present that to the client. So that's how the KPIs are definitely the, an important factor. And But to me, more than anything, it's teaching your client how to use that data that's available to them in a new way, showing them what's available. Mike, your perspective on KPIs and being held accountable to those, which do you typically find are the most? So I would agree with what Ben and, and Jason said. However, one of the things that there's not much more you can say about that, except you need to make sure that the customer is a true partner, because at the end of the day, I only have some or part of the data. If, if we're going to help them, 
with some of these metrics, we need to, they need to share. And if they don't want to share, then we're stuck. So you've got to make sure that the client understands that if you want us to help you, you need to share. I don't see call center stuff. I don't see other types of messaging that they're doing outside of the platform. If they're doing your own Google ads or Facebook targeted ads, if they're doing all of that stuff, we don't see that. In order for us to help them, they need to be a partner and be able to share all of the data with us. And then, yes, that at that point in time, you know, what Jason said and what Ben said about being able to sit down, hey, did you know this? Or, hey, did you know that? Or, hey, let us help you with this now that we know this and this that we didn't know because you're now sharing. Kevin, I'm glad we're partnered on this today. I know you've got at least one more question that we want to get to. I want to open up for Q&A. I want to get to as many questions as possible. So in what ways does OptiChannel build deeper, stronger, and stickier relationships between a service provider and their client? Okay, I can jump on that. So in the past, a lot of the clients used to want to go to a bunch of different vendors and with technology the way it is, the way with employees and lack of more and more clients are wanting to see a total turnkey solution. So us being able to offer printing, mail, the MindFire suite of services or other things that we do on top of that, the better the customer has, they don't want to go to six or seven or 10 other customers. So we've actually built some pretty good relationships and slash partnerships with with our customers and some and some vendors like Mindfire to be able to deliver somebody a total turnkey solution. And that's actually resonating with the customers and giving us adding giving us more value and actually adding some stickiness to Summit as a total turnkey solution. Yeah, thank you. How about you, Ben? I, I love, I think it was Jason early on who talked about the data and then we've referenced the data and measuring the data. And I'm going to bounce back to we're it is all about the data and we're managing one of the most powerful things our customer will have is the ability to analyze what they have. So once they understand that we will bring them that data, that we're going to be the person in charge of getting that information, they get hungry for it. And we build those relationships at all levels. And, and we are sticky because then they start reacting to that data and they start executing on that data. And you're right there to execute. You're, you're sitting right there as a teammate to help execute. And you, you it's a natural you naturally become a part of their business plan because you're helping them execute their goals. You, you actually start to love to an analyze what they're doing to say, how can I help them? It's fun if you, we're all become a little bit of a scientist when we're selling this in a way. And, and the relationships naturally grow because then the, the customers see your interest in their business and that they want to continue to partner with you because they know you're going to use that data that you get from the results that started with the data you had to market with and the ways you had to execute it. Mike and, and, and Ben nailed that. That's creating that, that valued partnership is essential. You may be working with one individual because it's a smaller company, but again, you're building value and credibility and you're making their life easier and you're driving huge results. I've had some great success within organizations that, that are the, the larger organizations where I'm dealing with four or five different decision makers. And the, the key there is they're all on the same page and they know what, what the, I know what the expectation is. And I'm helping them drive that result. And there's one-stop shop again. But I've now networked with four or five key decision makers within that organization. And I'm solving problems at different levels throughout that company. So that's the key there. I've got one more that I just want to uh, layer awesome. in here before we get to the some of the panelists. And it's going way back. It really might be was something we covered a little bit in the last session, but I still run into, it seems like within our organization, we're working on trying to bring, operated as disparate companies within a large company. As we're bringing it all together, I still have, I guess, subject matter experts, uh, some on the direct mail side, some on uh, digital marketing side. And what I seem to run into is, I guess, the, the saying, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, that depending on who's in the room, they have a propensity to really lean on either digital marketing or direct mail. How have you been able just as an organization to have the same conversation? Is that just an education um, of, of your existing teams? Is it making sure that multiple subject matter experts are in the room at the same time? Is it again, going back to that champion to make sure that champions in the room? How, how have you brought that together? Because we even have a layer on top of that clients, the same drill that they're either accustomed to doing one or the other, but aren't doing both. So again, trying to, is that just leaning back on the results that you've been able to show or what help, help me through that? Uh, I guess I'll jump in. We typically use the champion. So it's either like, for example, it's either Ben or myself. So if we're in a room that, that we're discussing that kind of stuff, whether it's, is it all direct mail and we need to bring in digital or it's digital and we bring in direct mail, 
we on our side of the summit, we know our team's capabilities. So me as a champion or Ben as a champion for, for the, the total turnkey solution, we actually can drive and push where we think that conversation needs to go. If we obviously we're a true print and direct mailer, so that's our core competency with the ability to do this other stuff and this other stuff we do really well. But depending on who the customer is and where they're trying to go, we can steer it internally on our side to push, hey, we're doing already a bunch of mail. Let's bring in, let's bring in the, the digital side, the experts on that side to complement that. Or we actually have one right now that Ben and I are working on that I don't think we're even going to do any mail to start. I think we are going to do probably personalized URLs and marketing automation and a, probably a, we call it a portal, but a portal first before we even touch the mail. So we knew we were going down that path. So we're going to go down that path and then bring in mail at some point in time in the, in the hopefully in the near future. Mike, do you mind defining what you mean by portal? I think that might be of interest to people. I try, I'm trying to think, I know what it is. I'm trying to explain it. So basically we have got a number of customers and what we've actually done is they have CRM systems. However, every CRM system has a hole in it of some form or fashion. So what we have done is we've partnered with MindFire and MindFire doesn't have an out of the box turnkey solution either. This is the pro services model where I've actually gone in and said, look guys, I want to build a platform that supports what the holes are for the CRM through the use of this portal that is the MindFire platform that's bringing in the direct mail, the personalized URLs, the marketing automation to basically fill the gaps in what the, what the, the CRM doesn't do, whether it be adding a call center layer to it, being able to have a call center log in to Dave's system, so to speak, that basically, for lack of a better word, does the pearl on the client's behalf, things of that nature. It's a total custom solution. But again, this is one of the things that, that, they're, that they add value in is they're not just, hey, I can do marketing automation. I can do text, email, SMS, et cetera, et cetera. We've actually, Dave and myself and Ramin and Ferry and the team, we've actually developed total out-of-the-box turnkey solutions that utilize customer's product as well as Dave's product. Does that kind of go down the path yeah. you're looking at, Dave? Yeah, I, yeah, I know it's not easy to describe, but I appreciate that. Did you want to continue to dig into that, Kevin? You know, I tell you, this has been incredibly helpful. I, I think, you know, I've gleaned a, a lot of information here over these last three sessions. I can't tell you how much I appreciate Jason, Mike, Ben, the time you're taking to info share. I have already logged all of your contact information, so I'm going to continue to harass you. I apologize in advance uh, for that, but I'm really excited. And I think this has uh, hopefully been helpful for those out in the audience as well, because it's cool stuff. It's modern marketing. It's where you need to be. It keeps print relevant, in my opinion. I'm really excited to get going. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Joe. There's one really good question that George Platt, yeah. one of our customers asked. I'd love to get feedback from this awesome panel. Can we ask it real quick? Go. Yeah. So for those of you that have leaned on MindFire to gain traction, how soon were you able to create the margins that are self-sustaining? Mm. To ask it differently, how large an investment had to be made before it made sense on a margin basis? So each of you guys have been doing it for easily 10 years. Mike, Ben, Jason, go ahead. Why don't you start, Mike, because you've been with us 14 years. I've been working with you. So why don't you go first? Again, it depends. It depends on the customer and what they're trying to do. Funny thing is, is I've got clients that have very low budgets. And as much as Dave has tried to get me off his old 10-year-old technology, the Look Who's Clicking platform, Funny. I still utilize that. I utilize it quite a bit. And all it is, is it's true, a true down and dirty personalized URL. And that is it. It does a great job. So it, it really depends on the customer where they're trying to go. And again, if you... If, just like we all know, if you try to go after people with price, you might not possibly win. But if you go into them with a total solution, that's great. If you don't have that total solution and somebody wants something down and dirty, like I said, their, their old platform, I don't even know if, if Jason and Kevin have even used their the Look Who's Clicking platform, but I actually still use it. I use it to this day. I did something yeah. last week. If, if it doesn't ROI out in a true marketing automation platform, MindFire has a different solution and it still works and it works well. Yeah. Jason, how about you from your perspective? Uh, when you guys got going with us five, six, seven years ago, what would you say? 90? No, I, I remember, go ahead. 
Joe, sorry, Joe, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I look at it from value-based selling and understanding the client's needs. And if I'm generating a lead, what's that lead worth to you as an organization? And then I sell from there. I go back and say, okay, I'm charging you X amount over that. And if I generate 50 leads, what's that, what's that going to do? That's going to more than pay for the campaign. I'm sure it's the value base, understanding the objective and, and, and providing the solution. The cost shouldn't matter. The cost right. shouldn't matter at that point. It's yep, spot we're, 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 we're solving problems. Beautiful. Love that answer. That's so spot on. Ben, how about you? What's your perspective? Uh, it's exactly the same as that. Generally, I don't think I've ne ever been in a situation where you're going to put some pricing on the table for some level of marketing automation in front of a client for testing. And quite honestly, the ones that walk away quickly, you just have to move on to the next sometime. That It's generally, it's not their numbers that when you get into the thousands of dollars for New campaigns and small setups, the investments are can be a lot of money, but at the same time, that's what it takes to grow your business too. So you have to find out the you find out the commitment really early on, just like we found out with you guys as a partner or any of the technologies we use today. So yeah, totally agree. Kevin, you have any uh, other tie-down questions for the group? I'm looking at the chat, looking for any new questions as well. I, I don't off the top of my head. I think you guys have covered everything and then some. I've got one other comment with, and we all know this, everybody that's probably on this, on this webinar knows this, there is a huge problem right now with print, paper, logistics, et cetera. And being able to deliver a total turnkey solution is probably key right now because there might be some components of a total turnkey solution that we might not have a solution for. We might not have enough paper. So if we don't have enough paper, being, being having a total turnkey solution, we might have to push it in some other directions to still give the client the value that they need. It's, it's going to be a challenge. I've sat in a number of, of sessions and committee meetings that paper on the print side, paper and logistics is going to be a problem at least for the next probably six months. And so we just need to be cognizant of that and being able to do a solution like we've talked about in the last three sessions might help overcome some of this stuff. While print is still truly extremely valuable, we might not have a choice and you might have to think of other out-of-the-box ways to, to get your customers to respond. And to that very point, I would say to everybody in the audience, every day we're introducing new innovative use cases with our platform. Heck, some of our attendees today may not have to be aware of some of the new ones that we've helped design with another customer. So never say no to your customers. Say, God, that's a great question. Let me check with my team and let me get back to you and see how we might be able to help you that because there's an unbelievable area of opportunity with both print and our platform for you to really serve your customers at levels they never dreamed possible. So be bold. Amen. Joe, I want you to take over from here. Go ahead and clean us up and wrap us up when you're ready, my man. Again, from the MindFire team, we can't thank all of our customers that are attending and prospects and most importantly, the panelists today. This is a rock star group in front of you. I work closely with everybody on this screen and they are all world-class organizations. And while Kevin from Firespring tries to tell you, I, I really don't know much here out in the Midwest. That's all our BS. <laughs> He's a very bright guy, but these are world-class companies that made the investment to learn, build their organization, to meet more customer needs, and to become a critical resource to all customers. So guys, I can't thank you enough for everything you do each and every day with us as partners and all our attendees today. Thank you for making time. We'll get you the recording. And I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your Friday, a great closed October results, and a super happy Halloween, and we'll see you in November. Thanks, everyone. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Really quick, I just wanted to let you know, we've just opened up a texting community, which means that you can text me questions right now. And I'm spending anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes a day answering questions from people like you that are listening to the podcast. So I want you to stop and pull out your phone right now and text me at 949-506-5835. Or if you're listening to us right now on a podcast player, let's say on your phone, maybe you're going for a run or going on a walk, you can go to the description of this podcast right now, go click on it. And my team has put the number and a link that you can click on to make the process even easier for you to text me, okay? So look at that or write it down, 949-506-5835. And when you text me, just say, hello, Dave, it's you know whatever your name is. 
and it will add you to my phone and then it's going to shoot you back a message where you can add me to your phone and we can then talk from that point forward okay i'm going to be giving away tips links to live interviews free stuff quotes frameworks training links only things that you can get through this texting platform and also something specific for our friends in the print and agency community you know we come across leads all the time for print work and agency work things that as a software company you know we just don't do but i think many of you probably want to know about those things and we come across these leads in places that you're probably not frequenting so if you want to be able to get those leads i also send those through text to this community so if that's helpful to you pull out your phone text me at 949-506-5835 or like i said if you're listening on a podcast player on your phone you can go to the description my team has put the number as well as a link that i think you can click and it'll make it even easier for you to text me i can't wait to hear from you see you later bye bye